The mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans. We are continuing the trend from last week and welcoming another special guest onto the podcast. Today we have Paula Parks. She is the college recruiting specialist at Aces Nation, um, originally from Peru. Paula came to the U.S. to compete as a Division I collegiate rower for the University of Central Florida. She then went on to complete her master's in education at USF, and now she shares her knowledge from personal experience and working in Division One collegiate athletics on the college recruiting process. Thanks for coming on, Paula. Thank you for having me. That was a great intro. Thank you. It makes me feel so good about myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited for you to share your entire recruiting process and journey, um, but also to share some recruiting tips and information for our listeners. Hopefully, you know, we have some people out there that will really benefit from this. And I'm also just personally looking forward to hearing about it because – If you guys listen to our endurance podcast, you will remember, hopefully, that I did not go through this process. I was a walk-on, so I just kind of, you know, tried out, but I didn't go through the whole scouting and and looking through colleges from a sports perspective. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you to jump into things. Yeah, of course. You want me to just give you like a basic from start to finish? Yeah, just walk everybody through what you did, you know, kind of how the the process was from your perspective, Mm -hmm. and then maybe we can go into things you've learned or maybe things you would have done differently now that you're on the other side of it. Gotcha. Cool. So I never really imagined going through the process at all. I was, I think, in American grade, school grades, it's like 10th grade, Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody was getting ready to apply to go to university in Lima, where I live. Um, So that's kind of where I was going, you know, like just following everybody else. And my parents were like, well, you love rowing. It's not such a common sport here. Uh, Why don't you try and find a way to get recruited to row at a university in America? Um, Because it's a a thing at home to kind of like end your sports career after high school Mm -hmm. or kind of continue it uh, part time. Um, so there's a lot of people who like take longer to graduate or they stop their sport just overall, they just stop and and they never do it again because they have to go to college, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, so they allowed me to take a gap year after graduating, which I know not a lot of parents do. Mm -hmm. That's not the typical, um, path to follow, but they were just great like that. They were Mm -hmm. like, we don't expect you to make quote unquote lifelong decisions at 17 because I was 17. So they let me just take a year off. And the only thing that they asked for me is to just learn how to get recruited or how to get exposure and then do the best that I could. And if it didn't work out, then I could just Mm -hmm. go to school home. So I, at that time, was competing a lot. We were traveling, especially around South America. I was rowing for my club and my national team. So that was just two different ways for me to get exposure. Um, the national team races were the bigger ones, so South American Games, uh, Bolivarian Games, a couple of national championships that I have in Peru, so things like that. And then on the recruiting side, or like kind of what I was doing, um, I was learning English on my own. There was mm-hmm. a lot of shows oh that I was watching strictly <laughs> in English. I came up with like a schedule. I was not allowed to watch anything that wasn't in English. I had subtitles. Um, or just listen to any music that was not in English. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of like my way of doing everything that I could. And then I also, I didn't think about the SATs, which is a Mm. huge thing that I work with my clients now and the the students and parents that I work with now, when to take them, how to take them. We don't learn. I know it's more common here to prepare for the SATs and ACTs in high school, Mm -hmm. but why would we do that in Peru at all? Right. Because um, not everybody's going to come right. to America. Yeah, that's not the, the main thing that you do. So my dad was like, you have to find out where you can take classes because mm-hmm. we can't teach you math and reading comprehension and all in English. We can't do that. Um, you need to find out where you take classes, when those are, find out when you can schedule those so they fit with their schedule so they could drive me, Mm -hmm. um, figure out how much it is, how we can pay. And then my dad's big thing was like, 
you let me know when everything's ready and I'll pay yeah. for it. And that was just one thing. That, that was, was just, just one thing. So that was the SAT. And then I had to prep also for the TOEFL. So fun fact for internationals, we have to prove that we can speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking the SAT is not enough for that. So um, I remember I had just class everything. I was doing a class for everything. Mm-hmm. We had a goal and they allowed me to take a year off. So that's what we did. And then um, after doing that, we had this uh, rowing specific recruiting service that we used. It was, I was like, it's like, I think a three hour meeting that we had mm-hmm. with this lady. I remember my dad had a standing desk and we didn't stand, we did it standing and mm-hmm. I regretted it after 30 minutes. That's the one three thing hours. I remember about my recruiting process is standing for three hours. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we learned as much as we could. We didn't know what divisions were. We didn't know about mm-hmm. the NCAA. We didn't know that not everybody can give you a full ride. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. something that for me, well, I would have not been able to really go to college if I didn't get a scholarship mm-hmm. um, like I did. So, um, yeah, so we learned all these things and, and it was just very, very eye opening yeah. and kind of like a, a reality check for my my parents and I. Mm-hmm. And now, did you, sorry to interrupt you, no, you did you only look at schools in America or were you looking at other colleges in maybe like Europe or other countries? No, just in America because I wanted to tie. Uh, my studies and my sport together. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have that those two schedules kind of intertwined like you are able to do mm-hmm. here. Um, and also my dad um, had been, I didn't know this until like my junior year, but my dad was also a student athlete. He played soccer. He just didn't tell you. He never told me. <laughs> um, he had, Surprise. he always had a varsity jacket. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was was or meant back then so I grew up like wearing it as a joke Mm -hmm. um but he went to the University of the Pacific Mm -hmm. in uh California and he was a soccer student I'm like Hmm. Bobby where have you ever played soccer and he was like like, he was like Paula I was on the team that's what matters (laughs) I'm like all right fellow walk-on yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely so um but when he did everything it was like, I don't want to say how many years ago, because I don't even know, but many, many, many years ago. Um, so it was very different. But he had a great experience receiving an American education and doing mm-hmm. his sports. So that's all he knew and the knowledge that he could share with me. Right. So I only looked for schools in America. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens a lot with people outside of the U.S. is that we we are only aware of the information in the, the facts that we have mm-hmm. through, for example, media. So if my idea of coming to college here was very much like just the image that movies give us yeah. <laughs> of what going to college here is. Which is very unrealistic. Right. So do you know the movie, that movie with Amanda Bynes, I think? That she plays soccer. Yeah, she's what? the man. She's the man. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was oh my, my gosh, that's so unrealistic. That was right. <laughs> that was my idea, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be just like the girl from She's the Man, that <laughs> rowing. Um, so then, but also the schools that they show you always are like your Ivies. Yeah, or they're all in California. Yes. on the water. They're all in California on the water. Very aquamarine vibes. Uh-huh, very know? like coastal. Beachy. Yes. Yeah, yes. No. But but mainly you get the big names. Yes. Um, and that is not a reality for everybody, and that was not going to be a reality for me. So mm-hmm. having somebody like this recru- rowing recruiting person to open my eyes to everything mm-hmm. um, was extremely helpful. So then she said, just because of with rowing, we can have, I think, a little more of an accurate idea of where we stand because we test on um, the ergometer, we call it the erg, so the, mm-hmm. also known as the rowing machine now. <laughs> in your um, local gyms. <laughs> in your local gyms. Not the ones with water, please. No. no. Um, so because you can test here and you mm-hmm. can test in Germany and it, right. it's, it's the same conditions. Yeah. Yes. We have our own SATs for rowing, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so she said, just according to your, your or looking at your grades and your, your test, test scores and... Um, your ERG scores, then you should be looking at middle, low D1, and then some D2s, no D3s, because we wanted, again, a full ride. Yeah. There was, I had no option. Mm-hmm. It was all or nothing. 
thankfully my dad always set that expectation from the beginning because mm-hmm. like it has to be everything yeah and that's it so I probably emailed 40 schools wow so my dad and I and I am so glad that he did this he never did anything for me mm-hmm. he sat with me while I did it mm-hmm. but he never took over so like I was the one registering myself for the SATs. I was the one telling him when he had to drive me, when he had to pick me up, what the address was to know that he had the correct time so he could leave at the correct time to make mm-hmm. it. Um, I was the one typing. He would he would help me sometimes because he knew more English than me at the time. Mm-hmm. He would help me and not dictate, but kind of tell me the things that I right. should be writing down. Yeah. And then I was typing them. Yeah, you're composing the email, you're sending the emails, and he's yes. there for support. He's if just you need supporting him. and paying for <laughs> any test or certification that we need. And then one thing that we don't really think about is the whole immigration side of it, mm-hmm. because I'm coming in in a certain visa. So he was like, you have to apply, you have to do all these things, yeah. which I'm glad that he did, because that just created a huge, I don't know sense of um, self-authorship mm-hmm. that I really cherish. It's still with me today Yeah. because every time that I would accomplish something, it was like, I did that. Like, yeah. we did that, but I did that. But you're not looking for that, like, external validation right. of, like, it wow, you did me. such a great job. It's, yes. You can find that internal validation of, I completed yes. this. I can do I am capable I of do. getting a full ride. Yeah. Um, something else that I love that he did, and it was a, a huge part of my process, um, he was like, you got to be straight up with what you're asking. Mm-hmm. So I remember my email subject line was full rowing scholarship. Please. <laughs> Literally. In search of. Full, full rowing scholarship. <laughs> and like, that's something that I wouldn't, a title that I wouldn't put on no. n- now that I know a little more about the recruiting process. That's like a Facebook in those marketplaces. Yeah. In search of. Yeah. And so I just, I have my dad right here in my brain saying, well, Paula, how are they going to know that you want a full ride if you don't say it? Right. And I was like, like, let me well, just lay it all true. out there. Yeah. So, um, and I actually have a copy <laughs> of the um, email that got me recruited and I have it and I, I have it to frame it one day. Because mm-hmm. um, I know there's like, or I think if I remember correctly, there's a little spelling mistake here or there, mm-hmm. or it's just a oh, very no. textbook English. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, my dad knows English, but he's not an expert right. in the language. So we were just doing our best. And there's so many rules and yes, exceptions yes, to the rules that we didn't that know. Like, what? Um, but at least we did not use Google Translate. <laughs> so I'm proud of that. But, um, yeah, so then I got some schools responding to me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there is a huge um, appeal to having a large or at least a substantial international student athlete body mm-hmm. in your athletic department. Um, so there was interest from from some schools. I know I was looking at some schools in California. I was looking at some schools in Minnesota, which mm-hmm. now I'm like, whoo, because that is cold. And yeah. I, if it's 60 degrees here, I'm wearing a jacket. Yep. And we live in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I brought a jacket today and it's 70 yeah it's getting warm outside (laughs) yeah so I now I'm like thank you so nothing was definite nothing was concrete we Mm -hmm. were just talking about things I got an offer from Minnesota but it was I think like 30 percent and my dad didn't even look at it he was like nope nope that's not even that's not a hundred so no so for some time I had a little gap in hearing back from coach like some time where I wasn't getting much Mm -hmm. stuff but I was actively competing Mm -hmm. and something else that I am so appreciative that my dad did is it didn't matter what my mood was that day as a teenager which now looking back I'm like I could have been a little nicer to my parents Mm -hmm. um he was always there no matter the time or the place with a camera Mm -hmm. he was always recording even though I would beg him not to come, mm-hmm. but he was always there. And actually, I mean, I don't even know if I should men- be mentioning this, but if you go on YouTube and you look up Paula Parks, Remo, which is rowing in Spanish, uh, there's videos of me there. Mm-hmm. It's nice. still to this day. And 
I remember he would just record everything. Mm -hmm. And that's something I always tell parents it's, it's very important that they do. There's videos where you see the first girl crossing the finish line, the second, the third, and then you count to like 30, and then I'm like, crossing. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to recommend and, and have if you're actively in the recruiting process, even if you're not. Yeah. Because you might change your mind. Yeah. Maybe at some point, you know, maybe you're a sophomore and you're like, oh, I'm not that good. Yeah. But by senior year, what if you're the best on your team and yeah. you're wanting to then go to college and play your sport? Yes. It's and great I think, to have that. Yeah, I think that was his way to really show me, like, you always need to be striving to get better and working mm -hmm. to get better because unfortunately there's always going to be somebody that's a little better than you. Yeah. There's always that. Um, so he helped me really to deal with that, those uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. And then we went to, I say we as in my boat and my coach, mm -hmm. we went to Hamburg for, I think it was 2014 or 2015 World Rowing Championship, the junior mm -hmm. ones. Um, so that was a huge deal for us because yes, I had, I had been rowing for my national team for about four years, but the level, it's, it's different mm -hmm. when you think about a national team here and a national team where I'm from. Nothing bad about it. It's just very, very different. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was a huge deal that they invited us because we didn't even qualify, but they invite sometimes teams that, I could be wrong, but that have maybe less exposure mm -hmm. to opportunities to go to Worlds. Um, I remember it was us, and so it was Peru and Uganda. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, I think, a, a group of four girls and then in Uganda and then us, four girls from Peru. So that was like a, what do you say, like a bucket of cold water? What? When someone, like, throws you when you get, like... I get, yeah. You get what I, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you Americans was have it a like saying. Was like, a shock? It was shocking? Yeah, but they do... You guys say something about with the cold water. Anyways, I wanted to I wanted to really use that an American saying, but that backfired as it usually does. Um, but it doesn't matter. But it was, like, a huge shock for me mm -hmm. because we had all the... the um, the best boats reps there ready to rent you a boat. I remember I was like Im so impressed by the Japanese and just how organized they were with everything. And it was just the four of us, little 17 year olds. Yeah, here we are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was great. And that was in Germany and it's irrelevant that it was in Germany because we, I mean, I can say, my boat can say that we were top 15 in the world in 20. 14, 2015, nobody has to know, apart from you and me and the people listening, that there were only 15 or 16 boats in the race. <laughs> so, but we did our best. Hey, we did our best. You and still it was, got to go. It, I had such a great time. And I grew up in a, uh, going to a Swiss school. Mm -hmm. So I knew some German. Mm -hmm. um, probably should have known more than I did because I've been studying it since I was probably four or five. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was kind of in charge of moving five people here to there, like using mm -hmm. the train. If we ever did something quote unquote fun, like I was in charge of everything. So, and then I came back and I had an email in my inbox from my coach at UCF mm -hmm. saying, I just saw you rowing at Worlds and I was very impressed. I would love to talk more mm -hmm. to you. Um, and when I talked to her and kind of got to know her, she was like, I had no idea that you had messaged me. So when I went to look for you and like typed in your email that was in your world rowing profile, it popped up as it already being in my inbox. Mm -hmm. So um, that was one of the 40 schools I had sent. I had yeah. no idea that that could even happen. Mm -hmm. But coaches, and I, I have some friends that are college coaches now, athletic departments will send them abroad mm -hmm. to recruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they go, my friend was just um, in New Zealand. Yeah. I, a lot of my coaches yeah. did that the, during off season or whenever, like cross country is hard because a lot of the times they also coach and the athletes do indoor and outdoor track. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of time right. to do that. So maybe over summer, but yeah, they do get the opportunity yeah, to do so that. So that's, I mean, she was in Hamburg at that time. Mm -hmm. I was there. Um, she didn't care that we were dead last. Uh, mm -hmm. She just liked me, I guess. And so, yeah. And that's um, what happened. I told her, I think she knew because again, my subject line was full rowing scholarship uh, that I was looking to get mm -hmm. a full ride. Um, and then she never really offered. 
it was always, it was such a friendly conversation always mm -hmm. that I think I was, I had my appointment um, to get my student visa and I had to be like, hey, just a double check. I have a full ride, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, uh, yeah, I thought we talked about this. I'm like, no, we didn't. Uh -huh. But good. Glad but we're, in, glad the same we're page. on the same page. Um, and then that's how I ended up here, basically. Awesome. That's how did you keep track of all of those, all of that communication in 40 schools? Because when I think about, one, I wasn't even going through the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And number two, I didn't apply, like, I just went through the application process. Mm -hmm. I originally went to college for music, so mm -hmm. I had to audition at all of these schools. I think I right. only ended up applying to, like, six schools um, just because of, like, the, you know, that audition process and more than that would have probably been a lot. But, like, I can't imagine communicating with that many people and keeping track of, like, did I email them? Did they email me back? Do I need to do, like, what do I need to do to get right. into the school? What are the scholarship opportunities? Like, how did you keep that organized because I know you're a very organized person yes, so you now, did, did you did something okay now I am an organized <laughs> person but 15 year old Paula um was not so uh, I have this thing with everything in my life I'm like things happen to me I know because I am supposed to use them as an example to teach other people <laughs> because I wasn't really keeping track of anything I did make some mistakes that mm -hmm. were very embarrassing at the time. So I'm like, it happened to me, so then I can talk about this right. and keep people from doing it. <laughs> Don't make the same so mistakes I, I did. I had um, a list of all, I think it was like three divisions in one list, and we printed them out mm -hmm. from this lady that we worked with, this recruiting person that we worked with. And so I had highlighted the schools that I had a chance, that she said I had a chance at. Mm -hmm. And then I think I would like mark them as like, if there was a dot next to it, an email had been sent. Mm -hmm. If there just, I made notes on there. Gotcha. But I remember emailing a coach. Let's say a coach in like school A was called John, and then a coach in school B was also called John. Mm -hmm. So then I emailed John from school A saying, I would love to go to school B, John. I love your school, oops. blah, blah, blah. Major oops. And then I get a, Paula, I think you meant to email John from School B, but good luck at School B. <laughs> oh no, I don't even I don't even remember. That's so passive aggressive. Yes, and I I was seventeen. Yeah, you're a I kid. They should be kid. like, hey, listen, you made a mistake. I know this seems to be intended for this person. That's the, so like a yeah. Uh, the panic that I felt. <laughs> I don't even know if I read it to my dad. You're probably like, well, gotta cross that one off the list. Off inbox gone. Uh, so I would just block. I yeah, literally. <laughs> I had that list on paper, and then I would just match it to it on my email. Mm -hmm. But then that opened the door to mistakes. Right. And I'm like, I wish I had something. I wish somebody had. I don't know. Taught me how to use something else or mm -hmm. we had what we use now to work with students which is yeah. called fit, college fit finder mm -hmm. um because i just i don't i know i made more mistakes mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's coaches that just didn't even reply probably <laughs> because yeah. of that but yeah i didn't really keep track just on paper yeah. making little different markings after every school depending on what i had done mm -hmm. How do you think things might have changed if you, if College Fit Finder, you had access to something like that? Um, well, actually, we're going to backtrack for a second. I don't think anybody, because me and Zach don't really work with College Fit Finder. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we've even explained what that is. So mm -hmm. maybe just give a brief synopsis yes. of what College Fit Finder is. So College Fit Finder is a recruiting management tool that we have at ACES Nation. Mm -hmm. On the student side, which is what I usually use because we also have it on the coaches club coaches right. side uh, but on the student side you have um, it's kind of two parts one it's a your recruiting profile mm -hmm. so you can add SATs if you've taken them your grades your transcripts so you can show coaches that you can get into the school that mm -hmm. you're talking to uh, you can add and edit videos on there. So then you don't have to be sending multiple links to a coach or multiple like PDFs attachments and stuff through email. You can just share your profile. Mm -hmm. So they um, can upload all of their information. All of their information. Academic, in academic athletic information, mm -hmm. references. So mm -hmm. if you have, you'll be surprised. Um, I mean, you know this because you've, you've been a student mm -hmm. athlete, but the your um, the the world of your sport is way smaller than you think. Yes. 
And you like there's always somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people talk. Yeah. Even just athletic the athletics yes. world in general yes. is it's small. way smaller. Um, the amount of times that I'm like, oh, yeah, I was talking to this school. Oh, really? I know mm-hmm. this person there who also did this in the other school and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I talk to them every Tuesday. <laughs> like, things like that. Yeah. Um, so then, like, references are really good mm-hmm. to do that because you don't know. Your coach might know somebody in a right. school that you're wanting to go. Right. Um, and, yeah, so references, contact information uh, for your parents, too, because a lot of these kids are underage. So it's important right. to have your parents there. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are really involved in the yes, process. Yes, yes, it is a family affair. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was involved in every single right. step in the process. Mm-hmm. Every single step in the yeah, process. Yeah, that support is important. And yes. for the most of the time, they're also yeah. supporting them financially. Because I mean, yes, and <laughs> parents. I mean, this is this is your kid who you're sending away. Yeah. So you want to know kind of what they're doing or what are they're going to be doing, where they're going. Right. On the other side of it, um, it's the perfect, it helps you find the best fit in a college or university. You can set up your preferences. So if you're like, I live in Tampa and I want to go to school as far away from my parents as possible. (laughs) You want to go like (laughs) Washington, California, that's it. Those are the two places I want to go. Or you want to go to and look at schools that are maybe closer to home. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are really thinking about like the division, the location, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. So uh, I always, something that I knew a little too late was the importance of the location. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I lucked out because it's not like I ended up in Minnesota and then completely regretted it because it was cold. Yeah. And with rowing, everything freezes over for months. Mm-hmm. And so you're stuck You'd have indoors. Been inside, right. Yeah. So I ended up in Florida mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> um, but I, I get clients, I get, I work with students who are like, I don't care where I go. I just want to play. And I'm like, no, you'll you care. care when you so get I, there. So I ask them, so I ask them, oh, have you ever played soccer in maybe like negative? Yeah. In 10 degree weather. Have you ever? And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, that this is yeah. what I mean. I mean, there's obviously a cutoff for, for weather, but that's a good right. point. Like, but, do you want to be freezing at yeah, practice? Yeah. Or have you, have you thought about maybe... Do you want a campus that is really far away from a city mm-hmm. or do you want a downtown campus? Are yeah. you okay with having to go around in like different streets to go to your classes? Yeah. Or are you okay with there only being one restaurant five minutes away and then that's it for that's your town, yeah. you know, and they don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or something else, like for me, going to a division one um very large school. Mm-hmm. I think UCF is the largest school in America, actually, because we have sixty over sixty thousand students. We can. I dub, think they're we maybe can ch- bigger. Yeah. No, I think I think, I think it's the biggest. Check. Let's fact okay. check, please. All right, keep going. Um, fact check. But so my freshman and sophomore year, all my classes, I had no less than three fifty or four hundred students a class, and I was fine because I'm outgoing and I raise my hand regardless and, and just are very comfortable in that environment. But I asked students, are you comfortable with that? Or would you mm-hmm. like to be in a class that only has 20 people? So you get to know your professors. Like, what type of learner yeah. are you? Um, so you were almost correct. The largest is Texas A&M. UCF really? is second. They probably just passed us. Oof. They- Whatever. Anyway. Um, anyway, so yeah, those are some things that you can put on College Fit Finder mm-hmm. to help the software recommend schools. And then you can see um, the list of schools that are your best fit. And mm-hmm. then you can also log your communications on there. So if you're sending yes. emails, if you're sending, if you're having phone calls with coaches, or if you have officials or, or unofficial visits, all mm-hmm. that can go in there. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yes, it's like a one stop shop for everything right. recruiting. So now that everybody knows what College Fit Finder is, we can go back to how do you think your recruiting process would have changed if you had access to that? I think I would have been way more organized. <laughs> yes. <laughs> first of all. And I think it would have um, it would have given me a little more ease when going through it. Because I always I remember always feeling like I was forgetting something. Yeah. And that I don't know, like anxiety or worry, constant yeah. worry. Of like, what um, am I missing? Yes, I know what am I missing? Something. Yeah. Um, I think 
after that time, something like a habit that stuck with me is proofreading an email like seven yeah. times. I was going to say that communication, then you wouldn't have mixed up the jobs. I, Maybe I, you would have ended up to there. This, yeah. To <laughs> this day, I read my emails that I'm sending you, parents, anybody like seven times. Yeah. And I am 26 years old. And then have other people proofread them yes. too. <laughs> Just to double check. Yeah. That's something that's remained from that. Yeah. So I think having that would have allowed me to just be a little more at peace, be more mm-hmm. organized, and also know my options a little better. Yeah. Because my case, my story, it's, I don't think it's that common because I lucked out. Mm-hmm. Like, I was lucky that my one choice, because they offered and I took it. Right. I didn't see, I didn't look at other options. I was lucky that it worked out. Right. To the the. It best. did it to the best yes. that you could have I hoped. loved my time. Mm-hmm. I loved going to a school that was huge. Mm-hmm. I loved living in Orlando, the mm-hmm. weather. I mean, when it's when it was really hot, I kind of struggled. But yeah. um, but that would have been anywhere in Florida or yes. really just the southeast. Yes. yes. So I, I know of other people. Your goal is not to transfer. Right. That's not the main no. goal when you're going at it. And it's pretty common these days. It is pretty common, especially how easy it is now to transfer because mm-hmm. the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, you want to be making informed decisions. You yeah. don't, you can't leave it to luck. Yeah. Like I and did. And it's different too. Like I know with, let's say like football in particular, there is a lot of turnover from a coaching and a staff perspective. So that I understand, like, if you get recruited for a specific staff and they leave, they get fired, whatever, or they go somewhere else. That I understand. It's like, okay, these are the people that recruited me. I'm not jiving with these other people. Okay, but I agree with you. You're not committing to a school just to transfer and be yes. like, oh, I'll try it out for a year and see what yeah. see what happens. But That's also a whole year of your life. Yes. Um, I, I saw it in me when I was going through the process, and I don't know if it was the same for you, uh, but I see it in students now. Um, we forget sometimes of the, the student part of student-athlete. Yeah, um, we, we are so focused on our sport and of course, cause that's what we love, mm-hmm. but we're going there to get an education. Right. I had friends who never really found a major that they liked or whatever they liked. Mm-hmm. UCF didn't have, yeah. um, or maybe the time commitments mm-hmm. to, to your sport were just too much for, for yeah. them in the, the type of, of student life that they wanted to have, which is totally normal and understandable. Yeah. Um, so you want to know also when you're, when you're choosing a school that you're going to a place that you like, that has your majors, that, um, I don't know, has opportunities for you to get involved on campus, mm-hmm. um, whether that is through like Greek life or student government, or if you want to have a job on, on campus, mm-hmm. you want to find schools that have opportunities for right. you to have a job on campus. Right. Or just like volunteer opportunities, like the same thing you mentioned with location, like maybe if it's not even on campus, but even like within the community, like are there, do you like to volunteer at animal shelters? Is there a local animal, whatever that might be. um, I I do recognize that. I think it maybe differs sport to sport. It was maybe a little bit different for me too, because I went to college because of the academics. Like that was my number one goal or number one reason for going mm-hmm. to the place I went to and academics came first. Um, and then I later joined athletics. So I think in my situation, it was a little bit easier to always put academics first. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I wasn't happy with academics or I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, there really wasn't a reason for me to go to an out of state school. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just love that I get to work with a platform that just makes it so easy. Yeah. It gives people what you didn't have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. I hope, hopefully some people learn from it. No, I don't (laughs) think so. Um, Hopefully people will heed your advice and learn from your mistakes. Although it doesn't sound like there was anything catastrophic. No, nothing Um, has been like career ending. Right. But I have enough kind of slightly embarrassing moments that yeah. I would want that's people a, to learn from. That's a good way to put it. They're slightly embarrassing. Yes. You look back and you're like, that's cringy. Why yeah. did I do that? But I laugh now. Yeah. Because she was doing her best. Yeah. But 15-year-old <laughs> me, she was just doing her best. She tried. <laughs> she tried. So let's get into some questions, uh, maybe more on just the general recruiting side. Um, so you mentioned that you work with athletes. When do you think the best time for athletes to start thinking about recruiting is like, 
you mentioned you were maybe around like sophomore, so like 10th grade in high school mm-hmm. when you started to kind of think about it. When would be the ideal time for most athletes to think about it, again, in an ideal situation? In an ideal situation, I would say as soon as you can, mm-hmm. as a, a freshman, um, because the recruiting process is not just emailing coaches and getting a scholarship. Right. There is a whole just process behind what you are even thinking about that it really is mm-hmm. that takes time. Right. So just deciding that becoming a collegiate student athlete is what you want, it's a conversation that you need to be having early. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll kind of really shape your college experience because mm-hmm. it's going to be the majority of your time. Right. Um, so I recommend to start talking about it and start looking at schools since you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know yet if, if that's what you want and you start a little later, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a late sophomore, early junior. Also, mm-hmm. our years are different back yeah. then because the time um, and the seasons. Um, but, yeah, I would say early um, because also – you have to think about logistics. Mm-hmm. So as parents, for example, how much are we willing to spend in our kids' education? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna are we gonna have them get a job freshman year so they can start saving up for college? Are we gonna, you know, kinda what are we gonna do when it comes to sending our kid away? Right. Um, so freshman year I would say to think about things, sophomore um, to kind of continue those things, to start preparing for your SATs and ACTs. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you're anything like me and math is not your strong suit, you want to take time to prepare for right. those. Okay. Um, so, like, if you're, let's say, like, you there's a kid that's in, like, middle school, so, like, sixth grade, like, just started middle school, mm-hmm. and they are, like, I am going to play soccer mm-hmm. in college, and their parents are like, heck, yeah, you can totally do that. We support you, whatever. Um Maybe middle school is a little too soon to start researching that yes. and getting into that process. But you would suggest, like, when, as soon as you enter high school, if you know, don't delay. Just yes. start going ahead and starting that process yes. now. Maybe starting with those conversations of logistics. Yes. Okay. And, I mean, you can't really have coaches talk to you until, uh, for some sports, spring semester, sophomore year, or junior mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps to have an idea of kind of, who you want to talk to right? Um, when you're a freshman. Right. You can kind of do, you can start with your more of the research stuff, which can take a lot of time. So before you're even reaching out to people, you can kind of get a better idea and hone in on who you want to contact, mm-hmm. who would be the best people to contact. And by utilizing a platform like College Fit Finder, maybe spending a lot of that time really perfecting your profile mm-hmm. and the stuff, the information about you so that by the time you get to your junior or senior year, mm-hmm. really most of the contacting is what's happening and yes. you can just update your profile as needed. Yes. And yeah. I think also freshman year is a great time to start building habits that are going to get you to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So um, on the athlete side, start participating in tournaments as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Start really focusing on working with your coach to, I don't know, take care of anything technique-wise or mm-hmm. anything of that that sort. If you're working with a um, strength and conditioning coach or a dietitian or anybody that's helping you in the process, um, it's a great time to start creating habits in that for parents, they can start getting used to recording things and taking mm-hmm. videos and um, talking to their kids about what they want, where they want to go, what their ideas are, and having mm-hmm. those early conversations to prepare. Yeah, awesome. So... That was more about like when to start thinking about recruiting. Is there a time that you would suggest that athletes start working with somebody one-on-one? So again, if in an ideal world, mm-hmm. when would that be the best time if there's a best time to do it? Or does it just kind of depend on the athlete and what they're looking for? I, I think it depends on the student that I'm working with, the mm-hmm. athlete that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, if it's somebody who's really organized, maybe you would want to start sophomore year to work with somebody. But um, I have many uh, students that are freshmen Mm -hmm. that really benefit from the conversations that we're having related to um, time management, and we start practicing drafting emails and talking about themselves. So 
kids that maybe need to start that a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And parents and athletes are the first ones who are going to know Mm -hmm. Um, if that's them. Yeah. So depends on the kid as everything in education depends yeah. on the athlete that we're, that we're talking about. I say that a lot. It depends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's not uncommon in this podcast, yeah. but yeah, I think that's important. And, and probably looking at some of these athletes and parents too, that have had zero exposure to the recruiting process. So if you have an athlete that's a freshman and maybe they have a handful of siblings who have gone through the recruiting process mm -hmm. before. Maybe they don't need to start as right. a freshman. Maybe they would benefit more as like a junior, senior, and mm -hmm. really um, honing in on those like specific reach outs or mm -hmm. like being more nuanced in like as an individual and as that particular athlete, what can I do and how can you help me as a unique person stand out to these coaches yeah. and whatever. Um, okay, cool. What do you think is the main challenge a lot of athletes face when starting the recruiting process? Hmm. Good question. Because I'm really inclined to saying it depends on the kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that can be your answer. You could say that, but just elaborate a little I bit. I would say when starting, I think it's that, starting. Mm -hmm. It's the sometimes procrastination that we're mm -hmm. all guilty of in yeah. many different areas of our lives, but we always think that we're going to have time. Mm -hmm. We'll have time later. Yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the main things with students because they do have a lot of things on their plate. Yeah. A lot. And they're young. And they're young, very young. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's maybe somewhere where parents can be more of a support system not um, and not overwhelm them maybe with the responsibilities mm -hmm. and really kind of guide them through starting that process. Just starting the research, just contacting uh, me if they're working with me. Yeah, I think the, the mm -hmm. main thing is, I guess, procrastinating and, and yeah. starting the process. It's funny you mentioned that. I, can't, I don't remember where I saw this, um, but it resonated a little bit with me too because I think as athletes – um, particularly athletes that are very competitive and that tend to go on to compete at higher levels, um, you could maybe characterize us as very like type A, maybe perfectionist mm -hmm. personalities. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it was probably on social media somewhere. I read somewhere that people who have those personality traits or those characteristics um, tend to be procrastinators. And I know I am a procrastinator. Yeah, me too. Because we're afraid of failing. Yes. Or afraid of it not being yeah. perfect. We wait so much until it's perfect and it never is perfect. Right. And we never even But started. then we were freaking out yeah. when we could have just done it. And the same outcome is going to happen, but we don't have to freak out. So yes. if you're listening and that sounds like you, take it from us. Don't procrastinate. Yes. Because you're... We're yeah. human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail anyway. Yeah. And you're going to learn more from failing in the long run. Yes. So just take the leap and do it. You're going to learn in the process. Yes. Um, but procrastinating is not going to help. So <laughs> I actually, that just makes me think of me when I was going through the process. Um, if there's one piece of advice or one thing that my dad told me, I always think that I say that. I'm like, if there's one thing that he said, mm -hmm. and it's always something different. But I think <laughs> right now, it's if, if one thing that I remember him saying, I think it was, I didn't want to send an email that was so straightforward. Mm -hmm. I was think I was, I was arguing with him about putting, I, like, I want a full ride mm -hmm. on there. I was like, but what if this? What if that? Mm -hmm. And so he man and his patience oh my god <laughs> like oh okay um he was like Paula what if you put that on there what is the worst thing that's gonna happen mm -hmm. and I was like well that they say that they, they say get no. mad that they get mad and he mm -hmm. was like what happens if they get mad and I'm like well they won't want to have me on their team mm -hmm. he was like okay so what's gonna happen if they don't want to have you on their team well I can't go there so I have to go to school here Mm -hmm. And he's like, and what happens if you go to school here? I live with you and I go to school here. And he was like, okay, what happens? And he just kept going yeah. until I was like, well, nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens. And he was like, okay, you're not going to die. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be, like, our life is not going to be over. Yeah, just send the, the damn world. email. Just yeah. send the email. Yeah. If they say no, you move on. Mm -hmm. And that's, I use that all the time. Because as type A people... 
were like, I won't send it until it's perfect because yeah. I don't want this to be the end of my life. Right. We're like, what if they get mad at us? Yes. What if they don't like me? Yes. Ugh. Who cares? Yes. If they don't like, it wasn't meant to be. Yes. If that's how they um, feel. <laughs> and kind of just stemming off of that question that you just asked, another thing that I think it's important apart from procrastination that I think it's related to procrastination is kids think that they're going to go to a tournament and they're going to get discovered. Mm-hmm. And coaches are looking at them. There are thousands of athletes there out there. Yeah. Thousands of athletes that have the same or similar skills than you, um, same like height or ability. I don't know. Um, yeah. And like coaches are probably, unless you are... Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. <laughs> uh, unless you are Serena Williams, they're not going to come after you. Mm-hmm. You have to go to them. Yeah. So that's another mistake that I see. Yeah. So unless you're like an a standout yes. athlete, you need to put a little bit more work in it and, and be more proactive in reaching in out to these coaches. And sharing you yeah. 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 What would you say, so if you had to give athletes that are going through this recruiting process if you had to give them one or two tips i think we've already given some but a top two tips to getting recruited to play sports in college like rapid fire what would those be okay first thing and i love when i get to do this with my students because i just love the research part of it research the school that you're emailing Mm -hmm. so simple but people don't get it Mm -hmm. um when i'm writing an email with a student athlete um, we're getting ready to message whatever school. We come up with a list. We get head coach's information. We always CC the assistant coach, always, or the director of recruiting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, I have them look for or go in their athletic website, especially in their sports section, so their, their particular sport, um, and find a fact, mm-hmm. a, a recent news a recent accomplishment from the school, for example, you go in, um, we're emailing UCF, let's just use my school. Um, We go on there and we see that their team got the um, all-time highest GPA in I don't know how many years. Right. So in the email that you're sending to UCF, you're like, hi coach, blah, 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 congrats on Mm -hmm. this accomplishment. Yeah. Or you say, I've been following UCF for a while. Congrats for this, by the way. Mm-hmm. So they know that you're looking. Right. Or like great race at yes. this showcase or at UF on Saturday. Yes. I saw. Yes. Online. <laughs> so that's thing number one. Mm-hmm. And then for the second thing, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. That's huge for Bet me. Bet you haven't heard that before. Hmm. Wait, do you actually talk about that here? Before? I don't, not here, but I feel like it's a very common, common in yeah. sports. But, but it applies. But it applies. It so, makes sense. Um, how does this relate? You want to show your values and your personality and your attitude towards or through your actions. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who, if you really want to go to a school, and you only email the coach one time and then three months later you email them back you mm-hmm. don't really want to go to the school mm-hmm. if you are on a phone call and you're asking the coach what are you doing in the next month and the coach is like well we have conference conference championships happening mm-hmm. in three days and you didn't know that yeah like you haven't really done and shown through your actions your research your um like reaching out mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're really interested in going to that school. Yeah. So show who you are and why they want you mm-hmm. um, through what you're doing. Be mm-hmm. proactive in what you're doing. Be intentional in your communications because they can tell Yeah. if you're just... Yeah. And that, that pours over into what they do as an athlete too. Like that... Yeah. that shows that if you're not willing to work hard to email me yeah. or to look into my website, the website of the school, you're probably not willing to yes. take my advice or take my coaching cues yeah. and go work on something. Yeah, a lot of kids, um, when we're kind of talking about what to say to coaches, they say, well, I'm a, I'm a hard worker individual. What does that mean? What is that? You're starting to show how hardworking you are mm-hmm. 
from the recruiting process. Because mm-hmm. if you're keeping up with communications, if you're doing your research, if you're signing up to things on time, if you're mm-hmm. picking up when coaches call you, mm-hmm. they know that like you're going to be the athlete that goes all out at practice, follows whatever, I don't know, the workout that they've been given is yeah. a good teammate, a good leader, like mm-hmm. somebody who's going to go above and beyond. Right to uh, strive to kind of leave that place better than they found it. Yeah, it shows that they're disciplined. It yes. shows that they're doing the things that they have to do even when they probably don't want to do it. Like we said, they're young. They're in high school. They probably want to hang out with their friends. They don't want to be calling coaches on a Saturday or going to a showcase mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. But they're doing it yeah. because it's important to them, yeah. and they're disciplined enough to know that if they put in the hard work now, even if they are very talented, but going the extra mile and putting in that hard work to get recruited – Yes based off of their proactive, you know, activities and whatever goes a lot further. Mm -hmm. And that's going to get them probably way more noticed than just being a good athlete. Yes. And notice, please, um, for those of you listening, we're talking about the athletes being proactive. Mm -hmm. There's no, my mom called the coach. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, because your mom's not going to talk to your coach on practice when you're in no, college. No, your mom's not going to go to practice. Your dad's not going to go to study hall. Mm-mm. It's going to be you. So if you're having your communications done by your parents, we that's need to something we need to reevaluate what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, and if it's important, if it's not, if you, if, and that's okay, if you feel so, like, off-put by mm-hmm. reaching out or doing the things that you need to do to where your parents are doing it, Maybe it's not for you. Yeah. And that's okay. Or maybe you need some guidance from someone yeah. else. Um, but parents are always a great support system, mm-hmm. but they can't do the work for you. Right. Yeah. Well, anything else that you'd like to leave everybody with? Yeah. College athletics changed my life. I, the things that I do now, the places that I've been, the people that I've met, it just would have never happened without athletics. Mm-hmm. And I'm just incredibly proud of the fact that I get to maybe help people have a similar experience and kind of discover all the blessings that participating in college athletics has in mm-hmm. store for, for them. Yeah, it's so. all come full circle. Yes, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but And then after that... Hopefully I can, I mean, I'm sure Claire will have my contact information mm-hmm. um, on this podcast notes or something. Yeah. Um, this is my, pa- like, I'm really passionate about helping kids potentially become student athletes. So I'm always willing to jump on a call, answer questions through email or anything mm-hmm. that um, people listening have. Um, so yeah, it would be my pleasure to help you. Yeah, yeah we'll go ahead and put uh, Paula's web form in our Mm -hmm. show notes if you would like to reach out to her via email i will also put her email in the show notes so that you have that as well thank you yeah thanks for coming on today of course i was nervous enlightening (laughs) why are you nervous because we talk about these things all the time i know claire you and i work (laughs) together but this is different besides there's so many buttons that i really want to press on the internet yeah this is out there right next to my really embarrassing rowing videos. We won't, <laughs> nobody look those up. Please don't. No. Um, well, thanks for all yeah. the information. We really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully you guys learned something. So again, if you have questions, feel free to reach out and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye.